Today's episode is brought to you by our college basketball podcast, Teed Up. As March Madness quickly approaches, make sure you catch Mark Titus and Tate Frazier on the Ringer University podcast. You can subscribe to Ringer University by going to iTunes.com slash The Ringer or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to the Ringer NBA Show. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me today is the national NBA writer for the Washington Post. He is Tim Bontemps. Bontemps! Berto! Hey, man. Thanks for coming on. All right, so you're in the arena the other night when Durant goes down against the Wizards. Your immediate reaction when you see Pachulia go into him and then it ends with Durant hobbling to the locker room. Honestly, didn't see it at first. Um, I was trying to figure out what happened. I, I saw kind of the aftermath of him, you know, kind of grabbing at his knee. And uh, it, it's ironic the way the way the the seating is set up at the Verizon Center uh, in Washington. You know, I was sitting with the the people right about the Warriors, so I was by the Warriors bench, and you you're set you're seated right above the tunnel um, where the guys come out on the court. And so we got a clear look at Kevin. He'd walk right under us as, we, as he walked out, and um, the whole time he was walking out, he was holding his knee. Not like a, like he was walking under his own power, but he was he kind of just had his hand on his kneecap the whole time. And he was kind of limping off, and he was clearly in discomfort. And um, you know, everybody just kind of came to a stop because obviously this is you know this is Kevin's hometown. Um, you know, his one first game back here since the sign with Golden State, um, and it, it you know it just really really kind of sucked the life out of the building for a minute for what was a really hyped and exciting, you know, and a really hyped game between the Warriors and the Wizards. And, uh, you know, obviously then, you know, even though it turned into a great game, you know, really the focus of everybody there and really the whole league, I think for the next 24 hours was to just kind of wait and see, um, what the MRI results came back as and, and how long Kevin would be sidelined. What's that locker room like after it happens? It was it was like a morgue. I mean, I, I think you know it wasn't nobody really knew the uh, the long term potential ramifications were of the injury at that point. Um, everybody was you know there wasn't really there wasn't really a clear idea of what was going on. But uh, it was it, it really it really felt like you know I mean you've been in locker rooms. It it, it felt kind of like after a playoff loss, you know, and it, and it had nothing to do with the game. I mean, they weren't broken up by losing the Wizards, even though it was a hard fought game. It was it was really all just about you know, wondering how bad it would be. And I think, you know, the the fact that the news came back as did with him only, you know, being out, you know, currently out indefinitely, but, you know, getting reevaluated in four weeks and having a, you know, a grade two sprain and a, and a, a bone bruise, I think given, given what it looked like it could have been at the time, I think that uh, everybody involved was quite happy that that was the, uh, that that was the outcome. Yeah, because when he woke up the next morning, or at least the first thing I saw was Adrian Wojnarowski, who's as good a reporter as there is in the world, saying people close to Durant are really worried about this, that it could be months, not weeks, that he could be out. So that kind of sets the table for, I don't know, like for maybe the worst news, right? Um, and clearly right. there were people around Durant that were really worried about this. And so the MRI comes yeah. back. And then they announce it yesterday, and I suppose there's this because you're preparing for something catastrophic, you know, regarding his, you know, maybe you lose a guy for the whole seasons, or when you're talking about months, or it could be an ACL, or who knows. That it was this bizarre, like, yeah, he's injured, but it feels like there was this massive sigh of relief. Okay, it's not that devastating. 
Yeah, I mean, talking to talking to a lot of people, you know, obviously being in D.C. with the team, you, know, you kind of got a sense from talking to people during the night on on Wednesday or uh, Tuesday night after the game, and the sense everybody I was getting from everybody was that it was it seemed like it was probably a six to eight week injury, whatever it was. Nobody nobody really quite knew what was going on, but like that, even the sense even the sense on uh, on Tuesday night was that this wasn't going to be like he wasn't going to be out for the season, but still, I mean, eight weeks is two months. And if you're talking about being out for two months, that means you're into May. That means you're into probably the second round of the playoffs. And, you know, that's the, you know you're having a guy trying to come back in the second round of the playoffs, like that dicey. I mean, there could be a setback. I mean, you know, it's, it, so I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say he's going to come back any sooner than that now. I mean, I think, you know, the Warriors are already making it clear they're going to be extremely cautious with him. And, and I would say, you know, assuming everything looks good in four weeks, my guess is they start ramping him up a little bit. And the goal would be, you know, have him back by sometime in the first round so we can get some sea legs under him a little bit and then get to that second round when they're probably playing a team like the Clippers or the Jazz and then have him ready to go by game one of the second round. I think if I think if he's 100% by then, I think that that'll be a win for them and they'll gladly, you know, make do until then and then have him back for the final three rounds of the playoffs. In that sense, it seems like it's really good timing if you're going to take an injury like this. On the other hand, and you kind of chronicled this, it's it's not a good time schedule-wise. Like, their schedule is really rough in March. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know they've, they've, got a bunch, they've got a bunch of games to get through, but, you know, at the same time, even if they're down a guy, the fact that they have three other guys – you know, it, it, it kind of lessens the load. And, and yeah, really, it's that's not the, a guy, Tim. You know, it's not a guy. I mean, well, he, he's, I mean, plus, I mean, he's a plus 15 net rated player. You know what I mean? They're 50. No, I mean, I, well, yeah, I know. But 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 the whole point, Verno, what, what they did and going out. And I mean, look, there were people last year who said, why would you risk blowing up a team that's won 73 games to go get him, right? Like, why wouldn't you just roll it back? And I think. You know this. The fact that the fact that he got hurt, ironically, kind of underscores why they were so insistent that this was the right move to make. Because, you know, yeah, he's obviously an incredible player, just like Steph Curry is, just like Draymond Green is, just like Clay Thompson is. And the fact that you have you, know, you have three of those guys to let, to lean on, or four of those guys, I should say, if if you do lose one of them for a while, obviously you don't want to lose any of them. But you know, if you have three of those guys still left, able to play. I mean, they're, you're still going to be, if not the best team in the league, one of the best teams in the league. And that, like to me, I, I think as long as everybody else stays relatively healthy, I still don't think they're going to lose. Um, they're going to lose their. I think they have a four-game lead over the Spurs right now. It's hard for me to see them uh, losing that lead over them for that number one spot in the Western Conference unless they start losing other guys too. Yeah, and that would be. And, oh, all right, so a couple things on that. You know, one of the things that I think I, I don't I don't want to say everybody resents, but at least I do a little bit was something w- that was so fun about the Warriors and watching them was this Curry going just absolutely insane over the last couple of years, and that's kind of been lost. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen those, and I do wonder over the course of the next you know six weeks, does Curry just now the load gets a little bigger on him, and does he remind everybody, "Hey, this is why he was the two-time reigning MVP"? Like he hasn't, he hasn't had those games this year where you wake up the next morning, it's like, "Oh my God, this guy hit twelve threes and had fifty-one points and whatever else." Do you think that mm-hmm. we? Do you think that's what happens regarding Curry over the course of the next month to six weeks? I think so. I mean, I think that'll be part of it. I mean, look, ever since the Christmas Day game, they really kind of, you know, rejiggered their offense around to to 
really run a lot more pick and rolls and um, and and have him have the ball in his hands all the time. And I think if you look at the way they're moving forward now, um, you know, without Duran, I think you're going to see the ball in Curry's hands even more than before. You're going to have Draymond Green back as more of a distributor um, with the ball in his hands more. And I think he, I think they will be a little. You know, they haven't changed. I don't think a ton from last year. I mean, obviously having Durant there changes some things, but I think you're going to see, you know, a very a lot more of a look like they did last year when you know Curry was, you know, had a crazy usage rate and was jacking up threes. And you know, I think I think that's kind of how you'll see things play out with them for a while. You said you think they're going to hold on to the one seed, and I would say you're probably. I mean, listen, that would be the odds for sure, given that there's not that many games in the season. Um, left to, uh, making up four is pretty hard, um, and that and that you know they'd have to lose four and the Spurs be undefeated simultaneously through four games for to make that up. But they do have two games left with the Spurs, and they got some other hard games left. I actually think right. it's really important. I know everybody says, ah, well, as long as he's back by the second round. I kind of think it is important for them to really hold on to that one because four through seven is going to be any combination of the Clippers, Memphis, Utah, and Oklahoma City, right? Eight is a gimme. Like, I don't, I, I think they could sleepwalk through whoever gets the eight seed, they could sleepwalk through it and win that series. I think yep. any of those other four that I mentioned, though, could win a couple of games against them. In a first round series, and therefore, you know, if you're talking about getting to a game six, as we know, anything can happen in these things. Somebody can punch somebody in the nuts, something, you know, somebody can get hurt, somebody can get suspended. You just never know. If you get to that point where there's only a couple games left in the series, you never know what can happen. And I think without Durant, one of those teams could strike the fear of God in them. But that's why I think even without Durant, they'd smoke whoever's in the eight seed. I'm not so sure if they would if they were the two seed. If I they think, didn't I have think it. you're probably oversaving. I think you're oversaving things a little bit in terms of the danger in the first round if they don't have Durant. Um, but I will say this to your point: every extra game you have to play matters. And from from their standpoint, there's no question that you want to have a one seed because not only for a couple of reasons. The first reason is not only would you rather um, would you rather not play one of those teams from four to seven who are all significantly better than the eight seed. It looks like Denver will be the eight seed. They will crush Denver. I mean, Denver is a fun team with some fun young players like Nikola Jokic, but they play no defense, and that will be basically nobody's playing the playoff game. That'll be a cakewalk. Um, those other teams are obviously more difficult. The bigger reason I think you want to avoid being in that um, that two seed is that you then would have to probably play Houston in the second round and you have to play Houston and San Antonio uh, to get to the finals. And for my money, I would much rather play, you know, whoever Denver is. And then more importantly, that second round series against either Utah or the Clippers, most likely I'm guessing that's probably going to be the four or five. That's who it would be now. Um, I'd much rather have that path than say a Oklahoma city Houston path. I mean, that's a, you know, uh, Oklahoma City would obviously be tough for a variety of reasons, but, but you know that Houston team, as we saw last night when they routed the Clippers, I mean they're really, really good. And I, if I could avoid having to beat them and San Antonio to get back to the finals, that would certainly, to me, be a much more preferable route. You know, and they took that loss the other night to the Pacers, but they just missed a million shots in that game. Um, right. I mean, you see like nights like last night. When I mean, I think I mean just at the beginning of that game when it tipped off against the uh, when it, when it tipped off uh, against the Clippers, I swear it seemed like 
seven of their first eight shots were all threes. You know, like there's going to be oh, these no, they're, nights. They're, yep. No, yeah. totally. They're going to be awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm totally in on them. I'm all in. I mean, if you're if you're shooting, if you have good shooters and you're shooting 50, 55 threes a game, I mean, if they just go, if they can just go 24 for 55 from three in three games in the series, you might win two or three of them. I mean, and then all of a sudden, you know, I mean, that, that's all that, like, they're, I don't, I, you know, guy for guy, they're not as good as Golden State. But James Harden is great. They've got guys like Anderson and, and Gordon, and now they've got Lou Williams. They've got all these guys that can score the ball. And, I mean, they could, they could outscore even a team like Golden State if they're hot. So, uh, that's why, to me, it's the big thing for them to keep that one seed is, is it, obviously playing Denver as opposed to Oklahoma City or Memphis or, or Utah would be great. But to me, it's it's even more important for that second round to not have to beat them and the Spurs. That, that's a tough road, say, potentially going Houston, San Antonio, um, Cleveland, say, in the, the final three rounds of the playoffs. You know, whether you have Durant or not, that, that is not a uh, an appetizing path to the title. So what was the mood yesterday after the news comes back? Is it just this, you know, exultation that, all right, our championship dreams aren't dead? You know, because I'm, I'm sure that's when you said it feels like a morgue in the locker room the other, the other night, you're, you know, you're just seeing your whole season flash before your eyes. Like, man, I don't know if we're going to be able, uh, it's one thing to be still really good. It's quite another to be able to win a title and winning a title without Durant would be, they, I, I would not think they would not be the favorites if you told them they didn't have Durant. And so I can only imagine that yesterday there was probably in this bizarre way maybe some level of celebration. Like, okay, we still got a shot at this, or this is this can still go like we thought it was going to go. Yeah, I would say I would say it was mostly just relief that it wasn't worse. I mean, yeah. it was you know they're like I said, he's still out for a while. There's still the potential for a setback. So I don't think anybody was was you know, dancing in the streets. But to your point, though, yeah. I mean, Tuesday night, nobody nobody really knew what the deal was, right? So, you know, from their standpoint, it's like, all right, we, we sh- is, you know, assuming nothing crazy happens, we should get our guy back here in a, in a, in a few weeks. And, you know, given, given that at one point it looked like it might be a, you know, yeah, Kevin Kevin's going to be back in October situation, at least for a minute. You know, I think, I think the fact that they know they should, barring something weird happen and get him back between now and, the end of the end of this playoff run, I think they'll be I think they'll be very happy with that. It's not something that people are really going to care about, but explain to me what happened with the whole Calderon deal because they were going to bring in Calderon, and then there were these reports like, "Hey, there's some people in the front office that really liked Brandon Jennings, but they didn't know that Brandon Jennings was going to be available, and uh, they were already too far down the road with Calderon." And then it kind of, I don't know, just putting the puzzle pieces together, it kind of feels like Calderon got the rug pulled out from under him when Durant got hurt, and they added Matt Barnes, and so Calderon, who probably thought he had that gig all lined up, isn't getting it anymore, right? Yeah, no, that's exactly what happened. I mean, okay. I mean, they 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 wanted a third point guard, um, so they moved on from Deontay Weber, and they knew Calderon was going to be bought out by the Lakers at some point. They were going to get him, and then as, as things played out, um, you know, they they obviously they were going to sign Calderon was bought out on Monday. He was going to clear waivers yesterday at five Wednesday. They were doing this Thursday morning, so they're going to clear waivers at five o'clock Eastern time on Wednesday. Well, um, by that point, you know, they're they're during the game Tuesday and Kevin gets hurt. So then all of a sudden, you know, they have to try to find a body to, to fill in minutes, minutes on the wing because Kevin is hurt. So then that's when they start getting calls to Matt Barnes. And that's why you saw yesterday, um, Calderon got signed at about 6 o'clock Eastern time. 
then he got waived at about 8 o'clock Eastern time. And the reason he got waived again yesterday was not only because the Warriors wanted to sign um, Matt Barnes to, to fill in for Durant. They signed Calderon to give him the money he was going to get till the end of the season so they could, you know, they could make good on their promise to keep him or to pick him up. And now Calderon has the ability to go out and still sign with somebody and be eligible for a playoff team, so whether it's Atlanta or Houston or one of these teams that might need another guard. Um, he can he can go get some money and uh, and get some playing time somewhere. So um, uh, so that that's why that they kind of they kind of made good for everybody as best as they could in that spot um, because normally you know they you know they wanted to um, you know they they didn't want to completely let him hang out there in the wind and they 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 were looking forward to having him. Um, Steve Kerr likes him; he's a good locker, he's a good shooter. So that that was going to be a nice fit for the Warriors. But then you know when they had, when that shift the bars, they want to still do good by him. And, and, and I, I understand what you're saying about Jennings. There was some talk about him, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm in Washington now. He, he's here. He's going to sign with the Wizards officially sometime today, assuming physical doesn't have any crazy hang-ups. And, uh, you know, I think that for Brandon, a guy who is in the middle of his career, it's trying to, you know, make sure he gets a good contract for next year. I think coming to Washington where he can um, play a ton of minutes behind – not a ton of minutes, play pretty big minutes behind uh, – John Wall and, and be kind of a get kind of a showcase of what should be a decent playoff run for them. I think uh, I think it made a lot of sense for him to decide to join up with these guys. It's interesting what you say about Calderon. I think I mean that's that's obviously a sign of a good organization to do right by him on that because that's a I mean you know what I mean like you don't want you don't want guys running around going like man screw them right they 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 told me that I was siding there and then all of a sudden now I don't have a gig there anymore but them 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 giving Calderon money even though he is not going to contribute literally anything to them I mean I don't know I think I I think they're I think it's praiseworthy honestly cuz it's a mercenary business and you could just say hey man sorry dude didn't work out but the fact that they're paying him money um, because it didn't work out, I actually think is I think it's a pretty solid job by the Warriors. I got to give them some credit for that. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of a it's kind of a you know a, a go by your word thing, right? So yeah. you 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 know you say you're going to sign a guy, and then you you know you get a chance to to make good on it, even if you know obviously I think anybody would understand that circumstances change a little bit sometimes. So um, you know you move on from you move on from him and still fill out your roster, but then you. You know, both give him a chance to play for a playoff team and make some money. It's kind of a nice way to make it work for everybody in the end. Barnes is an ultimate plug-and-play player, right? I mean, he's been a role player and a willing role player his entire life. So he is one of those, much like a, a Tayshaun Prince type, where you could put him on any team in the league and he'll find a way to fit in. Um do you think he plays a lot? How do you think this goes without Durant? What, what's the lineup look like? I mean, we're going to see him in action tonight. They're on the TNT game, uh, I believe, against the Bulls. What, uh, what do you think the lineup slash rotation, like how do they cope without Durant? Who's playing instead? My guess is they'll play Pat McCall a lot. Um, they, they've kind of plugged him in whenever they've had you know Durant out or one of their other guards out. They've kind of plugged him in. So my guess is they'll play him. I could see them once Barnes gets here uh, or gets there, I should say. Um, I could see them starting Barnes uh, at small forward and then to kind of give them some size at that position. And then they'll you know, have McCaw and those guys come on, him and Ian Clark, and they have Iguodala off the bench. So I, I don't I don't know how much the rotation will really change. Other than that, um, you know Curry's still going to play the first quarter and the third quarter. Um, and then he'll play parts of the second and the fourth. Um, he'll play the second half of each. And I think, Dray- like I said, I think Draymond's 
role will change because they'll go back to being more of the you know the secondary ball handler that that Durant had become for them. So um, you know, I think that's where that'll change a lot. But I think I think Barnes is. I mean, they clearly signed Barnes thinking they needed some minutes. So my guess is he's going to come in and he's going to play you know a good chunk of minutes for them and. And, uh, you know, and like you, I mean, you had him in Memphis. He's played just about everywhere in the league at this point. I mean, he, he, uh, you know, he's going to you know, annoy people and he'll make a couple shots and, you know, give, commit some hard fouls and, you know, play some, play a little defense. So, you know, given, given the situation they're in, they needed somebody to stop up some minutes and, and Barnes, Barnes should be able to give them that. God forbid Durant couldn't come back or is not going to be able to come back at peak of powers. Where would you put the Warriors without Durant? Um, are they better than the Spurs still? Are they better than Houston? I still think they better than. I still think that. I still think that they get to the finals. I think they're probably. If Cleveland's healthy, I think they're probably an underdog against Cleveland without Durant. But I think they're. I think I still think they're good enough to get to the finals. I mean, remember, you know, they still do have three of the fifteen best players in the league on their team. Uh, even without Durant, so I mean, it, it would be the margin for error would be very slim, and they they would be much more susceptible to losing to a team like Houston if they bombed in a bunch of threes, or you know, losing San Antonio potentially. But I, I do think that they would still be the favorites, you know, with home court advantage to get to the finals. And then I think I would have them as a slight, I'd have them as a at least a slight underdog against Cleveland if Durant just didn't come back at all. Really. Wow, I am not nearly as high on them without Durant as you are. I do not think. I, I, well, I mean, they, wow. they still have they still have three. They still have three. No, no, no. It's not about the three. It's not about the top level guys, though, Tim. For me, it's about the the you know, the 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 shrapnel of getting a star like Durant is the is the depth that you sacrifice for that, and so you don't have. Well, the, well okay. Well, let me well, let me well, let me push back on that a little bit. Okay. So, so essentially, they essentially they traded Harrison Barnes and Andrew Bogut for Kevin, Kevin Durant, right? Yep. They also so, don't have Spates, and they don't have Barbosa, and they don't have the guy like the okay, guys well, that were part have, of that team. But they have, but they have. Okay. Well, wait a second. But they have Saza Pachulia and David West, who are different players than Andrew Bogan and, and most mates, but I think have been better than them this season. What? As in terms of, yeah, I think so. I mean, most mates, most mates would come in and hit a three or two. He also, he also could come in and, and not do know what he was doing on defense and, and miss five shots. Wait, I you would rather you, have think, Zaza Pachulia and David West than Andrew Bogut and Maurice Spates? Have you, have you watched Andrew Bogut play this year? He basically okay. didn't play the last two months for Dallas. And and then he he's now going to go to Cleveland and not play for the Cavs. I mean, Bogut's Bogut's a tremendous defensive player who can't have the ball in his hands because he can't shoot at all, and and has been banged up all the time. But Julia has been but Julia's been a really nice fit for the Warriors. There were people who were a little panicky in Golden State about him the first few weeks of the season. Once he's settled in, I think he's been a really nice fit for them. The physical presence inside, he gets a, gets a lot of offensive rebounds. He's uh, he's very good. And um, and David West, when he's healthy, has been you know a beast for them. He comes in, he plays ten minutes a game, throws people around. Um, you know, I think I think that they're fine there. I mean, look, not having not having Barnes or Harrison Barnes hurts in that spot because he was very good, you know, spacing the floor as a small ball four and um, banging on some of those bigger guys. But I think if you I think if you look at um, I think if you look at their team overall. You know, they, they've largely replaced the guys they lost, and they still, again, have three of the best 15 players in the league. I think if you go down through the Western Conference, I, I would rather have those three guys as opposed to any of the three guys in any of the teams they're going to play. So, And they're all going to play 40 minutes a game. 
So in, in that scenario, I mean, they, I think their margin of error is a lot smaller, and I think they could lose, but I still would make them the favorites to beat any of those teams. All right, I want to ask you about some of these uh, Easter Conference teams. That Cavs Celtics game last night, Lowry, the Embiid news. But first, a word from our sponsors. Ever find that when you're out of the house, maybe relaxing with family and friends, you get that nagging feeling? Did I close that window? Did I lock that door? You just don't know, and it drives you nuts. But you don't have to worry about that when you've got Simply Safe home security. It's a nice extra layer of protection to know Simply Safe is there because, thanks to its arsenal of sensors intended to protect your entire home and keep your family safe simply safe offers an extra layer of protection that will put your mind at ease just recently simply safe even released a brand new high definition security camera that connects your security system to your smartphone that way you can see everything that's going on at your home no matter where you are no more wondering best of all simply safe got rid of everything that makes most home securities such a pain no long-term contracts no hidden fees they won't gouge you. And it's just 15 bucks a month. That's three times less than what other companies charge. Go check out the new camera today. You'll get an exclusive 10% discount when you go to simplysafe.com slash ringer. That's simplysafe.com slash ringer. All right. Uh, that being said, let me uh, let me pivot to uh, some of the stuff that has happened uh, around the league. We saw last night the Cavaliers and the Celtics, and I could not believe this, but I read this morning that that was the first time that LeBron had lost in Boston since like 2013 or something. It's like 2017. <laughs> it was the first time he had lost in that building. So it's been a long time since the Celtics were able to knock off a LeBron-led team. They did last night. I know they were down the starters and they were down without J.R. Smith and without Kevin Love. But was the was the Celtics win against the Cleveland Cavaliers last night meaningful at all in your mind? No. It wasn't. I mean I think it's a nice <laughs> win for Boston, but I don't I don't think it I mean I don't think it changes anything. I should just stop it now. A little bit funnier. Uh, it's just no. no, look, it's a re- it's a re- it's a really nice win for Boston, but uh, at the end, I, I think I mean Cleveland was missing Josh Smith and Kevin Love, right? Like, and it was still a one point game that they had every chance to win. And Darren Williams had a wide open three that he clanged with five seconds to go. So, right. I mean, to, you know, Boston's had a great season. I think they're right there with Washington, Toronto to be the second best team in the East to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. It'd be a great year for them. But I, I just think when push comes to shove, they don't have the horses to play with the Cavs in a playoff series. I just I just don't think it'd be very competitive. Okay. Which of those three do you think would be most competitive? Boston, Toronto, Washington? I think Boston, I think Toronto and Washington have a chance to be more competitive. I think Toronto getting Serge Ibaka and P.J. Tucker, you know, and again, now they have Kyle Lowry out. Let's, let's assume Kyle Lowry gets back by about the playoffs starting and is healthy. I think that they have the pieces to be a little more interesting. They, can, they have a little more... They have more scoring punch, obviously, than Boston does, and they have the ability to be a little bit more versatile and um, defensively. With you know, you can play George Ibaka, Patrick Patterson down the stretch, and kind of go with five guys who shoot threes and defend. Um, PG Tucker is a really nice fit for them, I think, and gives them insurance in case Demar Carroll isn't really there. So, I like them. And Washington's interesting. Washington, I think, could could give Cleveland some trouble. Um, John Wall is, has been a monster. Bradley Beal not a corner of the great. Um, they can bomb away from three. They've improved their depth. Um, so I, I think both those teams could give Cleveland some trouble, but I, I, I just think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if Cleveland gets Kevin Love and Jarrett Smith back healthy, I don't see anybody, um, I don't see anybody in the East taking more than a game or two off them in the conference finals. I, I think it'd be pretty shocking if it, 
really were in danger of, of going home for the finals again this year. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the question is, do we at least get to see a Game 7, right, in Cleveland somewhere? Because I, I do think that would be, it's on the table that you could, because once you get to 6, right, then somebody's got to win a home game. Right. Right, so you get to, I, and, I a, the, and a, it's right. hard to knock somebody off in a Game 6 on their home court. Um, it's also very difficult to win a Game 7 uh, on the opposing team's home court. But you know, I think what we're looking for is everybody at the beginning of the season said that both of these teams are prohibitive favorites in their respective conferences, which they still remain to be. Um, but could somebody take them to the brink and then, who knows, anything can happen, right? Yeah, yeah, I think I think I think Toronto probably has the best chance of doing that. If I had to pick somebody, say this yep. team, this team has the best chance. Um, and I, I think Washington's slightly less, but uh, um, I, I still would be surprised if Cleveland got pushed to more than six by anybody. I wonder how far Toronto is going to drop without Lowry. What do you think? I mean, they're right now a game and a half up on Atlanta. Um, they're five games up on Indiana, so it feels like the most they would drop would be to five. Um, but it's hard to see them climbing and beat and and you know they're three behind Boston, they're one behind Washington. Obviously, that game tomorrow night is huge. But what do we think happens without Lowry the west of the way, rest of the way for Toronto? Do we think you think they you think Atlanta ends up being a home court advantage team uh, and they overtake them, or is uh, you think Toronto is going to be able to hold on to that slot? If I had to guess, I would say Toronto winds up fifth. Um, I think that, but I think the wild card there is is Washington. Um, Washington has a brutal schedule in March. Uh, They have 18 games in March starting yesterday. They have 18 games in March. They have nine against playoff teams. They have 12 on the road. Six of those 12 are on back to backs, um, and they have two West Coast trips. So, oh my God, they have 18 games in the month. Yeah, it's a brutal, it's a brutal, brutal month for them. So, so. I think, you know, obviously the last win in Toronto was huge, especially after beating Golden State the night before. And winning, a, you know, winning, you know, sweeping that back-to-back is probably one of the most impressive back-to-backs of the year, even, even if you take away Lowry and, and Durant basically playing in either game. And that's still those two, two very quality wins for them. So um, I think that, you know, if they, can, if they can get this win tomorrow and get a couple-game cushion on Toronto, I think that'd be huge for them. Um, but I, but yeah, I think that I think that at the end, I think Toronto, assuming they win tomorrow, they can build a bit of a cushion. I think that'll be good. And then I think that uh, you know I think that Toronto's probably going to be fighting with um, with Atlanta for that four or five spot. And you know, in any event, I, I hope that all I all I want is for those top four teams right now to get to the second round because in any combination, you know, even though I don't think Cleveland can necessarily be challenged like the way we maybe like them to be. You know, I think if, if you have Cleveland, Boston, Washington, Toronto in some order in the top four seeds in the Eastern Conference in the second round, that, that makes for the final two rounds of the Eastern Conference playoffs being more entertaining and interesting than they have been in a really long time. So you do not believe uh, Atlanta out, you don't believe Atlanta's in that mix. I don't think they're on the same level, no. I mean gotcha. I think, you know, as usual, Mike Boonholzer does a nice job. Um Paul Millsap's great. You know, Dwight Howard's had a nice year for them, but I, I just don't I just don't really think that uh, I just don't really think to have the horses overall to to stay with those teams. If everybody now, you know, if they're playing Toronto in the first round, of Kyle Lowry's seventy percent. You know, I could maybe see them beating Toronto, uh, beating Toronto series. But I think if if everybody's lined up at the same health, I just don't think Atlanta holds up with those other teams over over the course of a playoff series. 
Last thing, Timmy. All right, so yesterday it was announced that Joel Embiid was out for the rest of the year. He only played 31 games. It was a spectacular 31 games by any calculation. Um, That being said, the debate comes up once again, right, where the people that – mock the process, uh, you know, had a field day. The people that believed in it, you know, will come to its defense or whatever it was. But do you think that Embiid being ruled out uh, for the rest of the year and losing another year, and really we have gotten 31 games of a, of a three-year career, um, do, does it change your opinion, the fact that he can't stay healthy, can't stay on the court, does it change your opinion at all about what Sam Hankey did in Philadelphia? I mean, not really, because it, 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 I mean, I think it's, I mean, the whole point of what he was doing was try to amass as many chances, as many bites at the apple as possible to get star players, right? And, you know, obviously, Joel being hurt again is, is bad news for us as basketball fans. Um, but, uh, but I would say that, I would say that it doesn't have any impact on what Sam was doing. I think it, at the end of the day, I think it's, um, I think it, it, it shows that, you know, he was in some ways he was right to think that you needed to to get as many chances at it as possible because it isn't, you know, because guys are in, have injuries because guys get banged up. You're not sure even if you draft a guy with that kind of talent, you're able to stay on the court. I mean, look, they have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, who I think if you just lined up, if you just said anybody under 25, any 23, probably better. If you could pick anybody under 23, who would you pick? If, like you knew they were going to be healthy. You know, I think Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are probably two of the top five or six guys taken, right? And they, you know, Joel's played 31 games in three years, and Ben Simmons isn't going to play a game at all in his whole rookie season. So, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, it certainly certainly underscores why Joel, you know, Joel has proven why he was worthy of the pick he, he was um, with the way he's played this year. But there's also a reason why Cleveland that year didn't take him with the first overall pick, and that was because they didn't, um, they didn't know that he could ever stay on the court. And, you know, so far, like, for instance, he's going to be up for a contract extension this fall. Like, how can you possibly extend that guy when you have no idea if he's ever going to be able to stay on the court? I mean, it, it, um, you know, it leaves the, you know, it, it just leaves everything up in the air with him moving forward. And that, you know, that does, to your point about, you know, the people who have debated about the process, it does kind of throw things up in the air for Philly because, you know, their whole, you know, everything they're doing now is kind of riding on him and Simmons both being healthy. And so far, neither one of them have proven they can be able to do that. And I also wonder if it does detour people because whether or whether or not people like it, people do look at results, right? I, I get the whole yep. line of thinking, the scientific line of thinking, and you should judge the process rather than the results. That's fine, but in the in in the world of the NBA, and especially in owners' eyes, it's results, and so the sales job that a GM would have to do saying, hey, we should do it like this and just totally tank out to be able to get good picks and blah, blah, blah. I don't I don't think somebody's going to be able to sell that to an owner ever again. I really don't. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's it's a hard sell, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a hard sell. And look, and, and you well, he didn't even make it. He didn't even make it through. He didn't even make it through, you know? Nope. Nope. He didn't. I mean, and I, that, I think that's a sign that if you're going to if you're going to do that, you know, you'd You'd better you'd better hit on picks, and you'd better have owners that believe in you. Because if you don't, it could it could go south in a hurry. Yeah, uh, Tim Bontemps from the Washington Post. You can follow him on Twitter at Tim Bontemps. You can always find me at Chris Vernon Show. One word, Chris Vernon Show. Uh, if you dig what you're hearing, go give us a rating and review on iTunes, and we will talk to you with Shea Serrano tomorrow. Thanks, Timmy. Anytime, Bruno. 
Some people still don't get podcasts, what's out there and how to listen. You can help change that with a click. Right now, think of someone you care about. What podcast would they really love? Got it? Now do it. Hit the share button on the bottom left of your screen. If they don't know how to listen, offer to show them how. Tell us what you shared with the hashtag tripod, T-R-Y pod. Thanks for spreading the word.